good morning. A little bit different today. Uh, we are obviously in a, in a spot where we're having this um, challenge of church this morning as far as being in person. No challenges at all online. Thank God for that because of the weather that's happening here in our great state and in our city. But um, hey, there's no time or space with any of us. Today, the Holy Spirit meets us right where we're at. And I thank God for that. And thank God for the church that came together and paid for this equipment so that we're able to do what we're supposed to do and uh, get it out to all the people uh, that are watching us today. And our online campus is growing and it's so cool. And we're hearing back from the people and they're from all over the place. And so that's kind of exciting too, to be able to see our church meet um, uh, the needs and be able to bless so many people that are just not a part of our city, but also a part of our state and a part of our world. So God bless each and every one of you for tuning in today. Um, I want to talk about something that um, uh, that kind of struck me as um, ironic and yet very prophetic all at the same time. That is this, is that I noticed that, um, <clears throat> that and you did too, that March of last year of 2020, um, we got hit with something called this, this pandemic called coronavirus. And um, none of us knew how to take it at first and it kind of snowballed into this thing where we had to be quarantined the first two weeks and then this and that and the other. Next thing you know, we were out of church for nearly six, six months. And um, what was interesting to note is that uh, the, the prophets, including myself, began to study the word of God concerning 2020 or this decade of the 20s. And when you study it out, you will find out it means the year of the mouth the year of the mouth. And so it was as if God was going to do something incredible concerning his people uh, having to do with our mouths or our voice, that we have something to say that's very powerful. And I'm gonna teach you some of those things in just a moment, but what's ironic, but I don't think it's irony at all, I think it's more prophetic, is how we started this year almost from the very beginning having our mouths covered with these masks. And it's, you know, if you ever go to the grocery store, it's kind of hard to hear people. It's like they say something and you, and you go, can you, can you repeat that? And uh, then they got to go through the whole thing again. I was just at this store the other day and I couldn't hear this guy. Not only have a mask, but he also had a shield in front of him. I couldn't hear what he was saying. And finally, he had to kind of dip his mask down to say what he needed to say to me so I could understand the instructions. But uh, suffice it to say is that it's almost like the enemy knew the plan of God that God was about to give his church a prophetic voice to speak to our families, to speak into our businesses, to speak into our churches, our city, our state, our country, and around the world. And the first thing the enemy does is put a mask on our mouth. And um, today I thought it would be awesome to speak um, concerning this, even this snowstorm trying to stop our mouths or trying to stop us from having church today. I'm not saying it's the enemy. I'm just saying it's kind of, once again, either a place of irony or a place of the prophetic. I choose the prophetic um, uh, to silence us and so that we're not able to say what we need to say. Another thing that's happening in this year, which I find incredibly uh, disturbing, is this idea to shut the mouths of people uh, when we don't agree with what they have to say. I believe in freedom of speech. I always have. I always will protect that, even protecting the rights of those who say things that are heinous, that are terrible. I hate it. I don't want to hear that. I don't want our children to have to hear that. And we should fight to protect them in different ways. But freedom of speech is for people to be able to say what they want to say. And I still believe in that because if we silence somebody else's voice, 
it shuts ours down as well. So thank God we still live in America where we still have freedom of speech. And I believe at the end of the day, that pendulum that seems to be swinging in one direction is about to swing back the other way to protect our rights. But we gotta stand up for our rights. Somebody say amen to that. So I wanted to talk today to you about um, about your voice or that your voice actually matters. I wanna talk about how your voice matters. I wanna also talk about the need to give your future a voice. God will give you a future, but expects you to speak it or to declare it before it ever comes into being. God says, I'm gonna make Abram, I'm gonna make you a father of a, of a multitude, and I'm gonna change your name from Abram to Abraham. And he had to speak that to everybody for the next 25 years of his life, almost 25 years of his life before that promise came to pass. He had to tell people to speak, call those things that be not as though they were. I am a father of multitude, yet I have no children. So the evidence isn't what we have. The evidence is the word that has been given. And that word, which is your future, has to have a voice. Somebody has to declare it. Somebody has to speak it. Did you know that your future is more dependent on what you have to say about it than anyone else? I think a lot of times we want to put it off on somebody else, like they're supposed to do the work for us. But in fact, God's still looking to you and me for us to give it a voice. It's more dependent, your future is more dependent on you than it is on the world or upon your mother or your father or even your spiritual leader, your pastor. It's on you. As a matter of fact, you, your, your future can be determined by, it, it can be determined by you and you alone and it cannot be determined by just the fact that, oh, I'm, I'm uh, going to now put this in the hands of somebody else. It can only be determined by you. And it's called the law of confession. And by the way, let me say this before we get into that. Quit blaming everybody else for where you are at in life. I, I believe that wherever you're at right now is a culmination of things that you believed in your heart and you spoke with your mouth and your mouth made a pathway for your future. So you're here right now living in your future. You're actually in the future right now. You're in the future from where you were a week ago or a year ago, okay? And so what you determine how your future is gonna be, uh, just gonna look in, in, the, in you know, how your future is gonna be in the future is gonna be determined upon the things that you actually say, by what you speak and what you say, all right? I remember years ago, um, we were believing God when our church was young and and uh, we didn't have any money. We didn't have a lot of people, but we were growing. It was a small church still, you know, maybe about 75 people at that point, uh, about two years in and maybe a hundred. And, um, and we started believing God for a building. So we started doing what? We started making our confessions. So every Thursday night was our service. And every Sunday morning, we put this confession on these little bitty screens, these little television sets that we had. And we started speaking. It had the whole church speaking. We started declaring those uh, words over our future or over our building that we're believing God for. We were believing God for a building at that time. And it was an impossible situation because first of all, we didn't have enough years in our belt for a bank to even give us a loan. And even if the bank was gonna give us a loan, we still had to have 20% down and we had no money in the bank. We were just kind of working week to week. It's a small, uh, very young church. People were very young and so they'd have a lot of money. And, um, but we were believing God. And the day came that I was driving on Howell Avenue and I passed what was then the Marcus Theater, a sixplex theater called the Skyway. 
And I drove past it and I happened to see a sign I hadn't seen there before. It says for sale or for lease. And I instantly, wow, that building would be perfect for what we need as a, as a, as a church. And, um, but, uh, as soon as I said that, I also heard another voice. You know, it's kind of like the good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel on the other. It's kind of what it reminded me of. And I heard, yeah, sure, but you can't afford that. You don't have enough people for that. You might as well forget it's not going to happen. And I was, I kind of, I begin to agree with it. Yeah, like that. Because I never wanted to be crazy. I wanted to be realistic and spiritual all at the same time. But sometimes I found with God, you're going to believe him even when you look crazy, right? And so I said, yeah, that's probably true. And I heard the Lord said, who told you that? Who told you that? Don't agree with that. He said, go back and claim that building. And so I, I swung back around. It was a rainy day. I remember forget it. And I drove past Rocky Rococo's and I pulled up in front of the building. I jumped out and I looked inside the building. Oh my God, this is incredible. This is great. I started looking at the concession stands. I saw the hallways. That's about all I could see. But I thought, man, this building would be perfect for us, for, for our church. And, and, I, and I heard the Lord say, claim it. So I stood back. And I pointed my finger at the building. And I said, I claim you for the Lord Jesus Christ. I claim you for the kingdom of God and for God's use. And I felt so good about it. And I heard the Holy Spirit deep inside say, is that it? And when he said that, I knew exactly what he meant. He was saying, I want you to personalize this. You just prayed for it to be blessed for the kingdom, blessed to be for the master's use, but you didn't ask it for you. You didn't make it personal. And I said, Lord, I claim this building for Faith Builders Church. I claim this building for Jeff and Robin Pruitt. I claim this building. And I started claiming it as a personal thing. And I instantly, and I felt faith hit me. And I was like, oh my God, I've got this building. I, I know God has given me this building. And so I, walk, I walked around the building seven times. And I began to claim that building in the name of Jesus Christ. And here we are today, well, not right now in this room, but typically we would be in the sanctuary, which was, is now, you know, converted. It was three, it was actually three theaters. It's now the sanctuary and it was six theaters all the way across. And we added additional square footage to, uh, to our lobby and made a beautiful space for a cafe and for fellowship and so on. That, I'm telling you folks, was by the power of the Holy Spirit, we were confessing the word of God as a church, speaking, declaring our future, and when I went past my future, I had no choice but to see it. I think if had we not been confessing the word of God over our future as a church, I'd have passed right by that and never even paid any attention or thought, what's the point? We could never afford something like that. But the fact that we were confessing the word of God, it set me in alignment with my future. And then I spoke and declared and walked around it seven times declaring that building. And we are in that building today. Thank you, Jesus. So there's something called the law of confession. And what is a law? Well, a law in the Webster Dictionary defines a law as that which is laid, set, or fixed. Laid, set, or fixed. A principle based on predictable consequences of an act. Okay? So gravity is a predictable um, consequence of an act. If you, if you jump off of a building, you don't go up. You don't go out, you go down because it's the law of gravity. It's predictable. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter how much money you got in your pocket, your bank account. It doesn't matter how many homes you owe. It does not matter your educational back, educational background. None of that matters. Gravity is gravity and it's predictable. It's predictable. So we say that there's a law of the spirit in the word of God or a law that we find in the word of God. We're not talking about the law like the 10 commandments law. We're talking about a predictable outcome. 
that God has set into motion, that which is laid, fixed, or um, uh, set into motion. It is a principle. So speaking of gravity, we overcome gravity by what? Aerodynamics, lift and thrust, right? So airplanes, which we have our, our airports right across the street from our church um, on um, How, off of Howell Avenue. And, um, and so those big, you know, I don't know how many tons those, those jets are, but they're very, very heavy with filled with people and, and fuel and everything else. They get off the ground with ease. No problem. Why? Because they understand there's laws that are predictable. The law of aerodynamics, which a plane has the law of lift and thrust. As long as those engines are thrusting forward and those, those, those wings are there to give it lift and balance and all that. And the plane is aerodynamic. It can overcome the law of gravity. Okay, so what? Why is it a law? Because it's a predictable outcome or consequence. Well, the same thing. There's things that govern like that in the Word of God. A law has the ability to govern. In the natural laws govern man, but spiritual laws govern man and circumstances. Both. In other words, your outcome is not determined by your by by natural laws or man's ability, but by the act of of faith of the spiritual laws God has set in place. Did you hear me? Everybody, everybody um, wants to see the, a predictable outcome, but they don't, they don't utilize the laws or the principles of God's word to see that outcome come to pass. We get emotional. We, um, we get not only emotional, but we get in thought patterns. We think a certain way. Well, uh, if it happened like this before, then I can certainly chart out, chart out my future based on those things that happened before. Yes, but you can only go so far. When God gives you a promise, it's going to require faith. It's going to require his interaction. The way he moves is through your faith. Faith is a law. Matter of fact, write faith in the comments right now. Say, I have faith or just the faith of God because th that's just what's going to be required. Believing and trusting in God. I have a message next week. I don't want to tell you the title right now that's going to be so strong. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to blow you away. But I wanted to wait on that one because I wanted to have you in person uh, to share that with you, not just online. Um, but faith, <clears throat> faith begins in your spirit but activates in your mind. So you need the two in alignment. My spirit and my mind have to come into alignment, okay? Faith starts in my spirit. With my spirit, I believe. So when I, I knew that I knew that I knew I had that, that building, I had it here, I knew I had it. But then my mind had to align with that because my, my mind is my rational part. It's my analytical part. And so, and I also had to tell other people what I heard. And so I remember the day we went and told the people that, that God had given us a building. He said, just tell them I gave you a building. I said, but Lord, you didn't give it to us yet. He said, did I give it to you or not? Uh, by faith, you did. He said, I don't want you saying by faith. Just say, I gave you, I gave you the building because that's going to be your faith. In other words, don't give yourself an out. No, no safety net here. This is either all me or none of me. I'm going to get the glory, not Jeff Pruitt or anyone else. And so we had to tell the people, you know, this is what, you know, we, uh, this is what we, uh, we, God's given us a bill is what I said. And this is what we got. And, uh, and I didn't tell we had paid for it yet because we hadn't paid for it yet. But I had to get my mind in alignment with my spirit. My mind and my spirit came in alignment and I was able to speak the word of God. Okay. Thoughts produce outcome. So I have to have my mind involved with my spirit. 
Faith in my spirit connected to my mind. Those thoughts produce outcome. But the Bible says a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You become what your thoughts are. So again, you can't play the blame game. It's not about what other people think about you. It's about what you think about you, what you think about your circumstances. That produces the outcome. And I've seen people who had great faith but accomplished very little in their life. Why? Because their thoughts were dominated by self-doubt. They, they had a vision from God, but they were defeated in themselves, within their own hearts. And so the plan of God, the strategies of God, the, 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 the supernatural part of, of, of that God wanted to show up couldn't happen, couldn't manifest because there was so much self-doubt. The word of God tells us that everything we observe in creation, of the Bible says, speaks of our creator. Every single thing, I don't care if it's a tree, if it's a rock, if it's the water that flows in the river, if it's the rain that descends from the cloud, or if it's the cloud itself, the stars in the heaven, the, the firmament, the, the ground, terra firma, you know, all of this speaks of the creator. Everything speaks of the creator. Romans 1, verse 19 says this, and verse 20 as well, because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So God says, I know everything starts with the invisible, but they're now seen. And the fact that they're seen, you have to understand, came from me who you can't see. But I want you to learn to trust in me uh, that I have the eternal power. And, and so then when you see these things, you're without excuse. No man can say there is no God because obviously something came from something. Everything didn't just come out of nothing. It had to come from the source. And God says, I am that source. God is that source. So I work on the law of faith. And the law of faith tells me that I have to trust God even when I don't understand what's happening because I trust him. Then if I trust him, I can speak. I can have a voice in the matter. And when I give it voice is when the victory comes or the power of God comes to bring it into manifestation. Okay, I speak it when I declare it, it comes into full manifestation. That's a predictable law. So in reality, there is no excuse because what God formed, even though it was invisible, it shows up in the natural and it's proof positive that there is a creator. So God creates out of nothing. This is what God does. And when God gives you a vision about your future, it's nothing, it's invisible. But what he does require from you is faith and trust in him in the process. And while doing that, now your mind goes in connection with your spirit and your mind has to speak. And so it begins to verbalize the future. You start to pray about it. You start to make declarations about it. You start to tell other people about it. And what's doing it's beginning to build your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the greatest faith built is going to be the faith or the greatest faith built is going to be the faith that you build yourself by the speaking of your own words, the words of faith that you speak. So again, the law of gravity, once a mystery, is now predictable because it's understood. The same is true of God. He's, I'm not saying God's so predictable like as if he's whole hum, but there are principles that God puts in place for you and I to use that are predictable. So that God says, look, I, I, I am mysterious at times, but there's a way in which you can work with me 
the law of sowing and reaping. If you plant a seed, it's going to bring a harvest. That's a law. It's a predictable outcome or consequence. It's, it's a law, a principle. Same thing with God's word. It becomes a principle which you can apply and use. And, and you say, look at God. He made a promise and every single time he delivers. All right, look at uh, Proverbs chapter four, verse five. It's gonna be five through eight. Get wisdom, get understanding. Get the word, get revelation, okay? Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. We talked about this preservation a couple weeks ago. Love her and she will keep you. Love what? The, the revelation of the word of God, right? The wisdom of the word of God, the understanding of that word, right? The wisdom of the word of God, or revelation of the word of God. And that word will guard you. Revelation of the word of God is the principal thing. Therefore, let the revelation of the word of God get it. And all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Are you embracing the revelation of the word of God with all you're getting? Are you getting wisdom and understanding of God's word? Studying yourself to show yourself approved, getting involved in church life because church life is gonna bless you and it's gonna, it's going to uh, impact you. It's gonna build your faith, being around people of like spirit and like mind. How about this? Resources and tools. Thank God we're gonna, this year we're going into more adult education. We're also gonna be starting our school of ministry. It's gonna be a blessing to a lot of people, giving them the tools and resources to build their faith, to do what? Be able to have a future. And once you have a future, you begin to come in line with your mind and your spirit, and you begin to speak that. And on, the, on that, 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 that speaking, it provides a path in which God can show up and show out in your life. So this morning, I wanna bring you some wisdom and understanding about the law of confession. I personally believe that many believers in Christ have failed in life because they did not understand the power of their own words, whether they be good or bad, good or evil, as the Bible would say. And it caused them a lot of undue hardship as a result. So people are under a lot of pressure and strain, not because of what other people have done to them, but what they came into agreement with in their own hearts and they spoke with their mouth. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are not necessarily in the power of God, even though I believe God does carry that, but it goes further than that, but it's certainly not in the power of the hands of the devil. But death and life are definitely in the power of the tongue, what we speak. In other words, your words affect your fate, not the devil, not your background, not your government, not your relatives, but you and you alone. Are you blessing your life or are you cursing your life? Does your future even have a chance? Have you already cursed your future? Or are you blessing your future every single day with the words of your mouth because your tongue carries life or death? Let me make this statement. When you believe and speak words that are harmonious with what God has already declared, you are releasing a force by which everything in your life has to begin to adjust to. So now instead of me living by the dictates of my circumstances, I can speak to my circumstances to come under and begin to adjust to my future, to what God's called me to do. Because everybody's gonna have adverse situations that's gonna try to stop their future or their destinies from coming to pass. This law is a key to overcoming everything that is pulling you down or pulling you back. And let me say that spiritual law actually governs the physical laws. 
We see this in the scriptures. Bible says in John 24, uh, chapter four, verse 24, says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him how? In spirit and truth. So it's not just about the natural, but also about the spiritual. How about this Colossians chapter one, verse 15 and verse 17 through 17. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that were, that are in heaven and that are on earth. Okay. Watch this visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things consist. So the key to all creation and creativity is going to be the word of God. This earth has always been a word planet, always ruled by things declared first. So whatever you first declare is how the world begins to operate. It's ruled by that. So if you're always saying Milwaukee's this and Milwaukee's that, and I can't wait to get out of Milwaukee. And you know, as if somehow, somewhere, it's going to be better somewhere else. You don't even know what lies in wait for you, even in the best case scenario, right? But if you're always talking that negative game, what's going to happen? Negativity is constantly coming to you. But instead, you look, I'm just using Milwaukee as an example. You look and start seeing the positive things that are happening in our community, in our city, in your church, in your family's lives. And start speaking and declaring those things. That's what begins to rule the world that you live in. So your boss doesn't have the final say. Your mayor doesn't have the final say. Okay? Your family members who don't believe in you, they don't get the final say. You do. You have the power to declare those things first. The designer, who happens to be God, designed it that way. He made it as a principle for everybody, and it works for sinner and saint alike. It works for everybody. So people that are successful understand the power of their tongue. They understand the power of their words creating a pathway for their future. Amen. God used words, spiritual things that are not seen to create physical things that are seen. So you can't see words, but they exist. They don't just fall to the ground. They go out into the spirit world. They go out into the natural world and they, they, they exist. That's why God could say, uh, I remember the covenant that I made with your father Abraham to Isaac. He said this or to Jacob, your father's Isaac and Abraham. I remember the what, why the words that they spoke to me still are alive. So the prayers you're praying over your family today, even when you're with the Lord one day, they're still going to be alive on planet Earth and it's going to go forth until it fulfills what you spoke into existence. So when you speak over your family, you don't speak of their low down, rotten, no good, probably going to go to hell. No, speak life over them. Be consistent in speaking life over them. They're going to be saved. God, they're going to have a radical conversion. Father, put Christians in their path on fire for you, oh God. They'll not die as heathens. They're going to die, Father God, one day, but it's going to be in your loving arms as, as believers in Christ Jesus. That's how you pray. And those words have power and they go forth. Pray over my child, my son and my daughter while they were still in their mother's womb and that they would be this, that and the other. And they have fulfilled every single thing that I prayed for. I got to get new vision for my grandkids and for 
my, my children because I still believe in that power to bless them and, and, and not to curse them with my words. Let's look at Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was all form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. Seems pretty bleak. Maybe bleak in your life, maybe darkness in your life. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So here's God still moving in the midst of things that are not working out. Void, darkness. God's not afraid of it. He's still moving in that. Then God said, let there be light. Then God said, how did God change voidness and darkness? He spoke what he wanted to become. He said, let there be light and there was light. Then God said, let there be their firm, the firmament be in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And so it was. And then God said, and then God said, I'm not going to read them all. It's all throughout that chapter. Let God, and, and God begins to speak and declare. And he says all these things. And then in the very end, it says, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing in the beasts of the field. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over the creeping things of the earth. Now, what is, what is God saying? That I want to make man like me, a ruling force who rules with creativity by the words that he speaks. When God wanted things to happen, when God wanted creativity, when God wanted to make everything he loved, when God wanted to see darkness turn to light, he spoke it into existence. And he said, I'm gonna make man just like me, that when they speak, things happen. I hope this is blessing you today. If you notice every time God spoke, the Bible says, and it was so. When God speaks, it was so. So when the Spirit of God, you allow the Spirit of God to speak through you, your desired end, the goal, the vision, the future, right? The dream. When you allow that to happen, and it was so. The moment you speak it, it begins to happen. Though I cannot see it, I know that it does exist. And that becomes my place of trust with the Almighty. You can bank on it. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to be void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. When God speaks a word, it never returns to him. It always manifests. It always comes into being. God will not be mocked. This is how God operates. And your words are like seeds that go forth like into the soil of spirit and brings forth a harvest. So your circumstances might, might, might be um, unpredictable, but your God is not unpredictable. God, the Bible says, who changes not. There's no shadow of turning to him. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What do you find him doing then? He's doing now, and he plans for doing to do for your future. Um, John 1 verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. We see it 
over and over in the scriptures, God takes something, he builds something out of what seemingly is nothing called spirit substance. And the spirit world's more real than the natural world. How, how do you get that from? Because first of all, we are a copy of that world, but just in a natural way. God rules there. He allows man to rule this, but he wants to come and partner with us here. So he uses the agency of man to get his will performed on earth. That's where we're to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I need to work with God to bring his will onto the earth, but he puts me in charge. So what I allow, he'll allow, even if it's something he doesn't want. And there's a lot of things on the earth that he does not want in my life or in your life, in America or around the world. But he'll allow it if you'll allow it. That's why we have to stand up, speak loud. We still have rights in this nation. Somebody say amen. We may be hated. We may not be loved, but we still have rights. And um, how do we ex execute this kind of authority? The same way God does. We give our future a voice. We have the guts to say what needs to be said, even though it's the opposite. One thing I've noticed about the prophetic, most of the time the prophetic operates in such a way that most people are feeling a certain way, but the person that's prophetic feels a completely different way. So when they're happy, he's sad. And when they're sad, he's happy. Sometimes it mixes, but you'll find that out to be, it's like they're temperamental because they're hearing the voice of God. They have a desire to do the will of the Father, but what they need to do then is have the courage of their conviction to speak what God has said, because that is what opens the pathway to destiny. Um, and again, we're made in his image and his likeness. Genesis 2, 7 says this, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. That means he became a speaking, creating force or a speaking, creating spirit, just like him. No wonder Satan is always attacked the word of God. Why? Because it speaks and it creates. It's got a force to it. And he causes us, the enemy tries to cause us to doubt the words of God. But Jesus made it very clear. And I'm gonna close with this. In Matthew 12, verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? He's dealing with their mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Wow. I can justify my life by my words or I can condemn my life by my words. I make the tree, not somebody else, not my government, not my pastor, not my neighbors, not my friends. Um, I make the tree good or I make it evil. And it comes out of the abundance of my heart. So whatever I hide in my heart, whatever I keep in my heart is gonna come out of my mouth. And whatever comes out of my mouth by way of my heart is gonna produce the road or the path which my life or the direction my life goes in. So we gotta change the matters of our heart. Some of you watch me right now and you're away from God. It's time for you to come back to God. He loves you so very much. And those of you who may be watching and you don't know the Lord at all, today is your day. Let's make the heart right. Believe with your heart and speak with your mouth and you'll be saved, the Bible says.